This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You are watching and listening to Chris and Leicester Tonight Die TV on YouTube and your favourite podcasts. Hi, everybody. Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester Come on, you foxes. On the Pip Show with Chris and Xbox Julian Watts. Looking back at the past week at all things Leicester City. Right, Chris. All white there. All white the back. 
How are you doing? Um, how the devil are you all? Welcome along. Second time tonight. I thought I'd get changed. Get into the spirit. It's it's a Christmas special. Yes, it is. Welcome along if you are watching us on YouTube, Facebook or Twitter or listening to us via the podcast on Spotify, Amazon, Google or your favourite podcast platform. This is Lester Till I Die and this is where you can watch us and you can listen to us. It is, and it's the last one before Christmas of the X on the Pitch show. And we're very lucky to have him tonight because tomorrow night, he has just informed me, is his Christmas party. So don't know what state he'll be in, but live from a stationary cupboard tonight, let's welcome him in. <laughs> Julian, good evening, sir. Looking very resplendent. Thank you very much, Krista. I thought I'd try and make the effort for the last show for for this year. <laughs> I'm I'm impressed that you you just told me that uh, that it's you know it's just your actual training top from when you were at Leicester and it still fits you. Well, it's it's not quite so true. It was the um, the Leicester Legends used to play about I don't know five yeah. six years ago. So uh, I managed to yeah. So I think they gave me the XXL and it, it's still sort of snug but okay. <laughs> you see, you made me, you made me feel bad then because I, I am wearing the shirt that was obviously um, around when you were playing, and like mm -hmm. I said, it's not the original because the original doesn't fit me. And I had to reorder the um, it when it came out uh, as you know when it was re-released, sort of thing. But uh, honest with you, Julian, there's a lot of women out there that will just think that whatever you wear, whatever you wear, that you will be their top totty. And, you know, we say each week, each week you do seem to get these double page spreads in these magazines. <laughs> Last week it was, was it pig, pig keeping or something? This week, can I say, and I don't know how you're going to follow this next year, mate, but you have made it into the little Christmas magazine. That's <laughs> for a little, give a lot, that's me. Well, <laughs> you know how to jingle the bells, don't you? That's the thing, you know. I, I bet, I bet there's a few women out there you'd fill their trolley. <laughs> oh dear, honestly, apparently Waitrose turned you down, but Little couldn't wait to get you. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh dear! Honestly, I'm going to miss this over Christmas. But um, now you, uh, you thank you as always for for, for coming along. And um, are you are you are you looking forward to tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I think it's probably seems like this. I'm always a big person who just thinks Christmas or the Christmas stuff shouldn't start till December. Yeah, I think we get to December. That's Chris. Before then, it's a bit, you know, I'm not into that, and I don't like the Christmas songs being on until December. That's just me. But I think, you know, we've had a week now. It's all sort of ramping up a little bit. Uh, yeah. I do tomorrow, which will be great, and then obviously from that, I'm sure we're going to uh, accelerate into Christmas in in the right fashion. 
Well, I don't say I don't want to see any embarrassing pictures of you on Twitter <laughs> with just just you and a sprig of holly in a in a strategically placed. <laughs> although holly might not actually be the best thing to to, to use. Yeah, yeah probably <laughs> just cover my face. Yeah, <laughs> my mind's gone now. My mind has gone. Tonight is going to be a little bit different. Um, Christmas special, like I said, it's the last one before we're going to do before Christmas. We're going to have a look, uh, a quick look at the uh, a review of the Premier League so far. So basically, what we're going to do is go through all the um, twenty teams that are in the Premier League, and let me just get rid of that. And we will, um, well, ask you as a professional there to, to sort of say what sort of season they're having. So the top one would be exceeding expectations, as expected below expectations, or just awful. <laughs> so uh, um, it's going to get interesting when we get to the likes of Norwich, whether they're actually awful or what we expected of them. It's going to be interesting. Um, we're going to start. We're going to go through it alphabetically. I think it's the fairest way. And we're going to start with with, with Arsenal. Um, fans still not happy. They're, they're a bit up and down, but they're above us, which is... <laughs> Uh, I'd swap places with them. Uh, 23 points, seven wins, six losses. Is he turning it round, Arteta? It seems like it, but then he's just had those couple of bad results. And, you know, mm. unfortunately, I mean, the league, I think this year is, is so, so difficult to predict, you know, results yeah. and runs and what have you. And then, you know, even Everton, I know they didn't spend a lot of money, but, you know, Rafa Benitez certainly a good manager and he pulls the... You know, the results out of the bag last night with uh, Damari Gray scoring that mm. cracking winner. And, you know, you feel like they can do that probably a, a little bit more often, Everton. So, Arsenal probably were just the unlucky team that came up against them on that night because Everton have been on a on a terrible run themselves. And, you know, yeah. with Arsenal, they sort of had a really bad start. Then they gathered some momentum. They went on a really, really good run. And to be fair, they've, they've just only faltered a tiny little bit. But because of the bad start, the tiny little falter a bit later in the season does look a bit worse than it than it actually is because they're not, you know, falling out of the top four. They're just not even near the top four. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. From what, what I'm glad of with Arsenal, and, you know, it, rightly or wrongly, because there's a lot of talk around the Leicester team at the minute, is that they're stuck by the manager and I think mm. another club, that manager would have long departed. And they may be in a better position. They may be in a worse position. And, and, you know, you never know until you put that action into place. But, you know, when Pep Guardiola is sort of saying how, how great a coach he is, which actually doesn't mean he's a good manager, but it means he's a good coach. Uh, and I've had sort of that, something similar to that in my career. Um, you know, it's high praise indeed. And you think, you know, he must have something about him. And, you know, they must give him some time. I think this is probably his last season where he'll get, you know, that little bit of leeway or allowance because mm. I think it's not a promising finish into the season. I think they've probably given him ample time and, and he's not really done it. And do you think, and, you know, you were talking about, you know, there, there's some disquiet uh, at Leicester and rumblings uh, about mm -hmm. the management. I mean... It's, I thought it was almost going to be back to normal this season. We've had two very odd seasons with, with the COVID uh, and the mm. breaks or what have you. But it hasn't, it, it, you can't call it a normal season because, you know, and I look at Brendan and, and I was just saying this on the show I was on earlier with Craig, is that in a normal season, he might be having to look over his shoulder about his job. But as much as he's having a bad season, so are so many other managers. And, 
the gap that there is between him and say you know six or seventh is only three points and a couple of wins and it changes your season round. Of course it doesn't. And the other thing you've got to understand, I mean, he's like he's he's worked with these players for a long time now. He's got their understanding. I think he's probably got the backing. You know, I think we can all see where the the issues kind of lie at the moment with with Leicester, and it's the you know the back line and, and the set piece thing, which really really needs to be sorted quickly. But you know, it's who do you get in? And I think I saw on I think it was probably the LTID page today. Someone saying get Moyes in. I don't think Moyes would want to come. You know, I think he's yes. in a great place with a good team and absolutely outperforming where he should be. And, you know, we're saying we want him. I don't think he'd come to Leicester. So we have to be careful that if, if we all feel like, you know, Brendan's the wrong one to depart, you know, who's the next one yeah. uh, that we get in that's going to really yeah. elevate us to, to that, you know, regular top six that, that we're after. So I do feel we need to give him a bit of time. And this is what I've said about Brendan. I think he'd be crackers to go to a bigger club right now and I don't know. Mm. I don't know why a bigger club would come in for him right now. If I'm honest, so you know, mm. it's a bit of a conundrum. But I think you know, I think we all hope that he stays on his own accord. We keep him out of our accord, and yeah. he actually sort of turns it around a little bit, and the, and the results and performances improve, and, and we have a good finish to the season. Yep. Um, we'll go on to Leicester more detail, obviously, later. So, mm. Arsenal... Um, uh, I've lost my mouse. There we go. So, Arsenal, like I say, sat in seventh, won seven, lost six, um, conceded, scored 18, conceded 22. What would you say? Expe- exceeding expectations or as expected or below? I don't think we can, they can be awful this season because they're where they are. No, no. I think, I think that probably as expected because... You know, yeah. for me, it, like I say, he's been bedding in. He's had a bad season, you know, or a re- an average season. They've let him get time to turn it round, which he seems to have done just yeah. on the back of the last two results. It looks a bit disappointing, but I think they're probably where about they expected to be. And uh, But like I say, for him as a manager now, he, he's had that chance and he really needs to push on from there. And he can't be, you know, as expected next season. Next season, he's yeah. got to exceed. I mean, I think once you get out, actually outside the top five and that sort of Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, West Ham and Tottenham Hotspur, there's, it, it, it's like just odd bit of green here and there for the odd win. There's no, uh, there's no consistency outside of those, those top, top five. Um, Villa, new manager in. They did us at the weekend, obviously. Um, the pupil out doing the master. Um Surprised they got rid of Dean Smith, but Villa fans said they were getting a bit stale. They're, they're, well, they literally are one one place above us thanks to goal difference. How do you think their season's gone? Uh, well, again, you know, Dean Smith has done an incredible job at Aston Villa yeah. and, and really dragged them up to where they are. And I feel like it's harsh. Yeah, you lose five games on the trot. Anyone can lose, you know, not anyone. I mean, you, you wouldn't expect yeah. the top four to lose five on the trot. But like you no. just said, anywhere below that, on a bad run, you could easily lose five on the trot. And I think it's such a shame, you know, what they did. But, you know, then you turn it around and Gerard's come in and had, you know, a great start to his to his time there. So I no. felt it was really harshly done by Dean Smith. I was really chuffed to see him straight back in another job, deservedly so. And I, and I really hope he, you know, he does do a great job there. Um, mm. but, but with Villa, you know... You don't know what to expect because they celebrated like they'd won the Champions League when they just avoided relegation. Then they went the next season and had a really great season, comfortable, you know, in the middle of the table. And I don't think you know what to expect from them. So um, I think probably a little bit below expectations on last season. Despite yes. losing Grealish, they have had some money 
you know, to invest in players. Mm. And I think the excuse for Smith was that the players he brought in aren't quite bedded in, but I, I don't really buy into that. So, you know, they've had some, they've lost Grealish, they've had some money to spend, mm. they've got quite a lot of talent there. So I would say they're quite, they're just a little bit below where I, you'd imagine they might be. I was expecting them to do better at this stage, to be honest with you, based on last season and, yeah. like you say, the, the money, the money, the money they got. Yeah. Um, my favourite out of the three that came up to, to to actually stay up and do best, Brentford, storming start to the season. It's yeah. kind of fallen away a little <coughs> bit now. The sat in thirteenth, yeah. but I'm sure if you'd given them thirteenth at this stage, <laughs> the season, the fans would have uh, bitten your hand off. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll say straight away, I'm going to put these in the the exceed, and I think they've been absolutely yeah. fantastic, a breath of fresh air. Uh, not wanting to go on about old times, but probably a bit like we were in the time. But I think they're yeah. probably had a better start than we did, and um, you know, they've, they've, they seem to have a really good manager. Uh, the formation mm. he's got is working well for him. I'm a, I'm a huge. I mean, the two strikers are great, but I'm such a massive fan of Ivan Tony, uh, and mm. I think he would grace. You know, I don't think there's many teams he wouldn't grace in the Premier League. And I'm even talking about the yeah. top clubs when you're talking about strikers. I think you look at him and he's a very powerful athlete. And I think it's very easy to just assume that that's all he is. I actually think he's got a bit of quality about him. The way he finishes, the way he takes penalties, by the way, is unbelievable. And he sees yeah. a pass and he, and he executes the pass as well. I think there's a lot more to come for him. And for me, he's overtaken Ollie Watkins in that, you know, who's going to be the next sort of England striker to back uh, Kane up, you know, and I, I think he's really pushing for that right now. So big fan of his, big fan of the team, um, yeah. you know, enjoy watching them play. There's always goals in the games. They, they they've not come up here to sit back, uh, soak up pressure and try and grind out nil-nils and one-nils. They've come up to compete and play against the teams and that shows in the performances, the attitude on the pitch, you know, the way the manager speaks. And I, I think they've been an absolute revelation. And I'm, I'm surprised because I thought they would be absolute relegation fodder. And I know they're still in a tricky position where they could go one yeah. way or the other. But right now, I feel like they've, they've had a great start. And I really hope they build on it. I, I totally agree with you. And, and, and I, for me, I always like to see... And I, I still don't class Leicester as a big club, but I do like it when these smaller clubs come up. And no disrespect to Brentford, but you know, come up from from the lower divisions and live that dream. Mm. You know, yeah, and, I, I, I do, I do. I think it's fantastic. Mm. You don't want, I mean, what you don't want, and we've talked about this the other week, and it was the fact that you know Norwich should coming up and down and up and down, and it, it, we were talking about the fans and the club seem happy with that. And then all of a sudden, mm. I think it was probably the next game that they sacked the manager. So I'm not sure what we actually know, but, uh, you know, for, for yeah. a few years, it was like, wouldn't it be better if someone else came up with a little bit more ambition than, than Norwich mm. seemingly have, but they seem to have addressed that now and obviously taking on, on Dean Smith, but Brentford de definitely didn't do that. And that is what you want. You want a championship to, to come up like Sheffield United did to, to you know, a similar extent, take it by the scruff of the neck and go and enjoy themselves for a season. And I think hopefully if they do stay up, it'll be a bit similar to the Sheffield United situation. Is that you know how did how did they deal with the second season? Yes, I, I honestly think that if um, they hadn't got promoted, I don't think Ivan Tony would still be at. No, no, Brentford. I don't. I totally no. agree. Because I'm. I'd have been. I'd have, I'd have been quite happy to go in for him. You know, for Leicester. Yeah. 
I would. I would have. Mm. I've said this, and I'm, I think I've not really seen him playing live. So, you know, this might not yeah. be the right thing to say, but I would love to see him at a Man City because I think he'd score so many goals. Mm. And they're crying out for a focal number nine, in my opinion. They've, they've done well with the false nine, but I think they're really crying out for someone like him. And like I say, if you see past his physicality, I, I do think he's got the quality. And what better manager than Pep to, to you know, mm. get him to where he should be to fit into that team? I might be so, so wrong because, like I say, I don't see him live and I don't see him that often, but I, I really do think he's got something. Yeah. And moving on to Brighton, I mean, I'm, I don't get into this. Potter, brilliant. Potter's the best manager ever. And when we were talking, in, in, although it was supposed to be the European show, we ended up talking about uh, Brendan Rodgers. And you know, I'm saying, well, you know, if we get rid of him, who are we going to get that's any better? And it was Potter, Potter. I'm like, what has he won? He's having a good season, I grant you. But he's only scored. they've only scored 14 goals. That's the problem for them. But they've conceded 16. It was a great start, and they're still up there in ninth, in fairness to them. Um, so they are doing better, because I'd predicted them to be sort of uh, in a relegation battle this season. So there's, again, pro- proving I know nothing. No, I, no, I think you're right, Chris. I mean, you know, when uh, Chris Hewton, you know, was removed from the hot seat, uh, I thought mm-hmm. it was really harsh, to be honest. Yeah. And I know, the, I know they just stayed just above relegation, but I still think with the resources they had, it, and, you know, you can go back and look at your Bournemouths as well, we always yeah. felt every year was if we don't get relegated, what a season we've had. And I, I thought that yeah. was a bit harsh. And then, you know, they bring Graham Prater in. He's obviously got something about him and he's a good coach. But that next season, I think he barely, you know, scraped, scraped yeah. above relegation as well. So you were thinking, well, you know, what good was that? And, you know, was it the right decision? But mm-hmm. they, they have had a fantastic start. And they are, for me, I think they've had that fantastic start. They were right up there at the beginning. And all I can see them doing is is slowly coming down the table. They'll not get relegated, but it's how far no. down they finish because they will literally, week by week, just you know, just slowly, slowly slip and slip and slip. Uh, yeah. I still think I would put them in exceeding because they're way yeah. above where, you know, I would have said, and like you've just said yourself, you think in Brighton, in a strong league with good teams coming up, are going to be in a relegation battle. So the position yeah. they're in in the start they've had, and who knows if they have a, a bit of resurgence. But I, I think they'll finish in the definitely in the bottom half, not many places above the relegation zone. But right now, they're definitely exceeding, and they've given themselves a good platform to have a good season on. Totally agree with you. And if you get that good start, and they do kind of have a bit of a reality check post Christmas. You've 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 got you know the points in, you know in the bag if you like. Yeah, you know, and there's a few teams that we'll talk about later that haven't got the points mm. in the bag. And how, however good yeah. they are, you know, every week there's a lot of pressure because every time you don't get that right result, you know, you still you've still got that deficit, mm. you know, to overcome. So getting the points on the table early doors is absolutely massive for them. You know, I'm not saying yeah. they can go and relax and play the football, but they can certainly you know, take one or two knocks along the road and it not be such a catastrophe for them. Yeah. Um, somebody that's not got the points in the bag and kind of my second team, because I, I lived there for 20 years and my, my, all my kids were born there, Burnley, um, flirted with um, relegation last season. Uh, last season, there was three worse teams than them and I think that's what saved them. But, uh, you know, as Dan who comes on my channel regularly from Burnley, a Burnley fan says, 
there isn't three necessarily three worse teams than him uh, than them this season. They are struggling, and I I fear for them. One win after fourteen games, um, you know, ten points. Um, I, I I I I think this could be the season they go down. Yeah, I think so too. And I think, you know, what Dan said was right. There, I don't think there are three worst teams and I don't mean that in a bad way. I think, yeah. again, Sean Dyche has done an incredible job there uh, to do what he's done, to get them into that league, to keep keep them in there, you know, season in, season out. I mean, his style's a bit, I would say, unorthodox compared to what the rest of the Premier League managers are, are sort of putting together. But he, he's never been shy about that. He's been a 4-4-2, very rigid, very strong uh, mm. And in, in in sort of recent seasons, he's actually had similar bad starts, but then all of a sudden they'll pull some results out of the bag, you know, and they just sort of get this, they get away from the trouble. But I, I can't see that this season. And all I can see is the teams below with the managerial changes improving. You mm. know, you thought Villa might have slipped down and helped them. You know, they've had a couple of wins on the bounce. Obviously, the Newcastle situation, you would expect them to climb although it's going to be difficult for them. Norwich seem to have been galvanised under Smith. And, you know, so all the teams around them that you're thinking, well, you know, like Dan said, is the three teams below them that are worse than them? You know, I don't think there are now. And and that's, you know, it's a it's a tough thing. And like you say, when they're not scoring goals and because they're mm. not particularly a flair team, they will, they will find that difficult. And I think after so many seasons of the Premier League, you know, Everyone knows what Burnley's about. It's this rigid yeah. formation. It's very strong. It's very hard working. They're not going to cut you open, but they're going to battle. They're going to flick things on. They're going to, you know, run on to everything. But I think for me, really, that, you know, most of the Premier League teams should be able to deal with that. And I think mm. that's where the problem lies. And for me, yeah, I, I think there'll be relegation fodder. I mean, would you say that's as expected or below it? For me, I think it's below expectations personally because I thought they might still. Be, I thought they'd be in a relegation battle, but I didn't see them being as bad as they've been. So for me, it's below. But what? What about yourself? Yeah, no, no. I, I, I would say that because we always yeah. think Burnley every year. Like I say, we know every year what they are going to be, what they're going to give, and it is yeah. all you know. It is that sort of lower to mid-table position that the you know they're going to get a result mm-hmm. here and there, and they're going to upset someone and. This season they don't they don't really seem to be able to do that and so uh, you know for me I, 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 before the season I would have said yeah they'll, they'll grind it out they'll, they'll get enough points right now I don't think the uh, they can no. no I mean we were a third of the way through the season um, so you know the, the if they carry on like this thirty points might not not be enough and it's funny to think that it wasn't that long ago they were in our position in the Europa League yeah yeah I mean it is it's a uh, it's a sad thing, but I think when you look at you know the real good managers and clubs, and again, I'm not criticising Sean. I think he's done an amazing job, and I played with him at Bristol, so I know the lad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're constantly evolving and changing what they do. You know, Pep's had his fullbacks tucking into midfield. He's had his fullbacks playing as wingers. You know, and it changes yeah. every season, and they seem to have these new ideas and evolve, and that's where they catch people off guard because they're not quite sure what to expect. But when you've played against the same team for year in, year out, you sort of yeah. know what you're getting and you can plan for it better. And I think that's where Burnley suffer. Yeah. Moving on, my favourites to win the Premier League this season, mm-hmm. um, and I haven't seen anything that that, that changes my thoughts on that, uh, Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, after the first, I think it was the first result, they absolutely battered someone. And I watched the game and I mm. thought, 
blimey, these are an absolute title contender. I sort of I agreed with you on that then, Chris. I'm not so sure now, but uh, I think they've got uh, they've, they've got a very good manager. Obviously, I mean, yeah. again, it was difficult with the Frank Lampard situation, what he's done for the club and the way he came in at a point where he was probably the only person they could have took on as manager with all the young players yeah. they got the transfer embargoes and and did a really good job with that. But then unfortunately, when you spend a lot of money, that's when the pressure happens. And Tuchel, to be fair to him, has come in and, and grabbed it by the scruff of the neck, literally. Uh, he mm. seems to have the rotation right, which all the best managers do. Uh, he's, he's sticking to his formation, doesn't matter who he plays, basically. Uh, his players fit into that, uh, and and he's really got them at it. Scoring goals, difficult to be uh, defensively. I think they're really, really strong. And you know, yeah, I mean, right now, I still feel like just Man City have just, <clears throat> you know, the Pep's team, and he just seems to change something and pull something a bit better out of the bag every year. But I definitely think there'll be, you know, it'll be between City and mm. and Chelsea for me at the moment. So, and I would say on that. I don't know if that's exceeding or as expected because before the season, I think it's probably started. as expected. I think you know, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're talking about um, the, you know the Champions League winners here, aren't we? Yes, from last yeah, season, yes, so yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, I'd probably say yeah, we, you know that that's we're, they're doing what we would expect them to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, another team proving as they, I know literally nothing about football, although they have hit a bit of a a, a, a rough patch in the last few games. Uh, Crystal Palace with the new manager, Patrick Vieira. Yeah, you know, that, again, they had a bad start and you thought, oh, is that, you know, is that the right managerial choice? What a legend of a yeah. player. Um, but, you know, then you can see that he's he's beginning to get his message through. But it's the same as we talked about Villa. You know, any team in that position that Palace are in, they haven't got... a an amazing 11. They've got a really good 11 with a few exceptional mm. players in there. And on a, on a day, they're going to go and beat a team. But also, they could easily lose five on the bounce, just like Villa did. Or, you know, it's the same kind of scenario. When you look at the top sort of four or five teams, they've got a squad and they've got 11 great players and they've got about four or five waiting in the wings. These guys haven't, but they have yeah. got some wonderful players that make up that, you know, that 11. And that's where I think, you know, Palace are. But for me, I know it sounds probably difficult on this chart. I would say they're, I'd say they're exceeding because if it was as expected, yes. you know, I, I, I thought they'd be actually down there scrapping away, you know, yeah. with everybody no. else because of the, you know, the last couple of seasons. It's it seems to have got slightly worse, slightly worse, and then Vieira comes in and all, and the results don't go well, and then he sort of turns it around, and you know, he's got Benteke scoring goals, which you know, he, he must yeah. be a miracle worker. I don't know about. Graham Potter, so that's more like Harry Potter. So, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but he but he has, and, and and you know that's a great thing. And yeah, so I, I think they're doing well. Uh, again, it's another one that I hope um, you know they get a bit of resurgence, a bit like the Everton situation. Seems like a good manager, got a similar kind of squad. They can go and win a few games, and they can go and lose a few games, and it, it's difficult for those teams, if I'm honest, to find the yeah. consistency. Yeah, I, I agree with you totally. Exceeding expectations, one hundred percent. I had them in the relegation battle. Um, it's such a funny season to to try and predict <laughs> results. As anybody who, who, who watches the prediction show will know, um, um, if I get one right, I'm, I'm lucky. You know, but uh, but that that yeah, Palace. I I, uh, I I do think they are actually doing better than 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 I thought they would. Can't say the same about Everton, unfortunately. Uh, 
down in 12th, a point behind us. Yeah, I mean, they got the win against Arsenal. Um, they needed it after three three losses on the bounce. Uh, they sat there in 12th, won five, lost seven. Um, I, I thought, to be honest with you, that they'd had the money the past couple of seasons. They'd gone out and, and built up quite a good squad. Um Rafa knew what he was doing. He's, you know, he's an experienced manager. I expected them to be up there doing a Leicester challenging for the sort of the fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth position. That yeah. it's, it's all going wrong. It is, and he came in and had a great start. I mean, I think there's a big thing, like you say, that I think it's 500 million they've spent with the previous managers. Obviously, then Rafa came yeah. in and spent about 1.2, I think, on Damari Gray. But, you know, they, they have got some quality there. I mean, there's, you know, Richarlison. Uh, they got the lad, I think Bellamy, we played at the back, who's a young up and coming. You know, there's a few good players in that. Yeah. I love the uh, defensive mid, Alan. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, you know, and, and obviously Townsend and people like that that they've brought in who have still got something to offer in the league. So, you know, for me, probably below ex, you know, below where we thought they would have been. Uh, but again, I think they just suffer with they've suffered with a couple of injuries. Um, you know, and. Like they had a re really good start, and it's a good job they did because if they hadn't and had this run that they've just had, they would really, really be in uh, trouble right now. But they, they're not yeah. quite doing what we thought they'd do. I thought they'd be a lot more organized and concede less goals under Benitez, uh, you know, a very good manager. So, uh, just a bit below par for me. Uh, and like I say, mm. another club that I like because they're a big club, you know, and you don't, it's mm. sad when you see big clubs struggling and they shouldn't really. Struggle like that, and I think Carrig was on the TV the other night saying that they're a joke, and you know the sporting directors left, and there just seems to be a lot of things happening off the pitch there. That I'm not saying they're affecting yeah. it off the pitch, but the club everyone's looking at at the moment and just saying, you know, and it must be frustrating for the fans. They're saying, you know, what's going off there? There's there's all sorts of bits and bobs and jibes at each other. And what they need to do is collectively get together and hopefully if they can string some uh, performances together on the pitch and you know pull themselves mm. into a position that we'd expect them to be in. Yeah, moving on to Leeds. Um, one three lost five, they're in 15th position. I had them again being up there with, with, with the Everton's and challenging, you know, they had a good second season. Um, this kind of I'm surprised. I think they're having a terrible season. I really do. And anyone I speak to, either a Leeds fan or not a Leeds fan, when I when I talk about the ridiculous hackers that I put on uh, every Saturday, which is uh, 50p each way to win about 120 grand, which hopefully one day might come in. But I never, ever put, I never, <laughs> ever put Leeds in my hacker. And I say that, and I did it this week, and I put Brentford in to win. Um, and, and obviously what happened, it happened. But whatever I do, whether I back leads back against them, it, it just never comes off. And you, you can't see a pattern in, in, in what they do. They've got this style that's 100 miles an hour. They man-mark people, which is strange in this modern game. Uh, and it's and again, <clears throat> I think it's this second season syndrome that they've got yeah. where <clears throat> everyone's used to what they do now. They realise it's 100 miles an hour. They realise that you're going to be man-marked. So if you want to pull one of their defenders out of position, you can do uh, and they're probably getting teams a bit more savvy to, you know, what, what they're coming up against. So, um, again, will they get relegated? I don't think so. For me, definitely below expectations yeah. that I thought they would. I thought they'd, you know, come in and progress after, you know, another season now and then look at strengthening and, and, and going a bit further on. But they don't seem to. And I think if they're not careful, they could find themselves in a bit of trouble. I do. Like I say, I thought... it. 
I think that it's a second season that usually defines a team. You know, if you can if you can battle to seventeenth in that first season and then build on that, then it's a good, you know, it's a good platform. But you know, when you come up and have a good season, then so much is expected of you. Um, yeah. But uh, but then we're coming on to the big team now. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll come back. I think we I, I'm, I'm <laughs> we might have a few things to say about this one. But there's a small. There's a small matter of a game coming up on Thursday that, that yeah. could be a bit season-defining. Let's have a look at it. Kind of sums up Leicester season. Just, you know what? I'm just thinking exactly the same, Chris. You know, <laughs> the, the European form has been so in and out and erratic. So many highs and lows, and then I think, yeah, do you know what? That's just mirrored what we've done in the Premier League. Yeah, uh, just going to say good evening to Dan, the aforementioned Burnley fan. Uh, thankfully, he wasn't we wasn't in when we were picking his team to bits. Uh, he's currently laid in bed eating one of his kids' selection boxes. Quality control, of course. <laughs> I I saw what your what your good good lady uh, Dan was putting up on um on 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 TikTok earlier. I hope you're enjoying the selection box that she's put together for you. And that isn't being rude or anything like that. It is. <laughs> well, I say that. I don't know what was in all the boxes, but uh, but yeah, Leicester City. Um, we both we both thought the same. There, I I just like I said earlier. I think in a normal season, I would be more worried mm. because other teams. You would you would think would be you know having good runs, but nobody's once you get outside those top few teams, nobody's having a good run, and that kind of um, is good for us because nobody's really getting that far away. Um, when we're not necessarily sort of losing that many, um, I say although we've we've lost six, we're drawing ones we perhaps should be winning. Um, I just. I don't know. With, 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 I, I, is it is it is it too much that I expected? Not necessarily to go on because I don't think we're going to break into that top four. You know, I, I think that's more than than clubs. You know, we've got money, yes, we've got good owners, yes. We haven't got the sort of money that you know the big the big ones have got. But I, I would just want us to tread water this season. Yeah, um, you know, it's. I think we all. Um, hi, David. You're all right. Um, yeah. 
it, it's it's a real difficult one. I think we all, I don't think we got carried away, but we all expected that we'd carry on where we did last season. And then you've got to think that we're not expecting anyone else to improve. And of course, that's not the case. You know, there have been, you know, quite a few teams uh, doing better than we thought they would into the mix with us. And I, I think, you know, what we're looking at is defensively, we're quite shaky. We're shaky at set pieces. We're defensively quite shaky. It's not been solved all season. And, you know, the fact is now we're nearly halfway through the season and it doesn't look like it's any more solved than it, than it was after the yeah. first month. And, you know, it yeah. always seems that there are issues there. I mean, you know, I, I've always said that when beginning of the season, Vestergaard came into a team that he thought might do well and didn't, and it might have knocked his confidence. I'd be ready to put him back in now because I think he deserves his chance because he's been he's been sat on the bench for a bit and uh, nothing's improved. And I think you need to, you really need to keep changing it rather than just saying, I'm going to stick with these guys because it's it not working at the moment. You know, we're no. conceding goals too easily. And like you've said, there are a lot of teams around us that, are all doing what we're doing, and that is showing no consistency whatsoever. And you would mm. think if we were on our game, on our game like we were last season, we'd be a team that would be climbing above that group just in the fact that we think we should show some consistency. But, I, you know, again, the, the formation changes, we're accommodating players, are we accommodating the right players? You know, are we getting that right? At the minute, it doesn't yeah. seem like we are, if I'm honest. So, you know, there's all sorts of things to look at. And, but, you know, with the resurgence of the teams below with the managerial changes and what have you, you know, it's going to be a really difficult season. And I think there's at some point when we know we're okay and we're safe that we've, we, the, you know, the work, you, I think you just write this season off and start thinking about what we're going to do for next yeah. season. And this you're, this game on, on, on Thursday is massive. I was talking to a colleague of mine at work and he says, oh, top of the league, Leicester, that's it. And I went, no, mate. I said, like, you know, we lose to Napoli and, and, and that's it. You know, we're, we're, yeah. we're not even going through. So, you know, it's it's such a big, big game. More than capable. We showed that at home. Obviously, we conceded the goals, but we showed that we can get into them. And we're more than capable on Thursday night of going mm. and, and not getting beaten. Uh, but as we've both seen, we wouldn't be 100% confident in that happening. <laughs> I mean, it, it literally, obviously we did the the uh, the, the Europa preview show uh, earlier tonight. It, uh, From a neutral's point of view, it's a great group, you know, yeah. because you can go from bottom to top, as Leicester did, with, with, with one win. Um, we could just, we can't finish below third, which is the good thing. So the worst that can happen is we'll drop into the conference. But... Yeah. It is, and I don't. I say season defining. We've had so many of those where we've seen, you know, the Man United game, the Watford game, where you think this is it. We're going to kick on and we're going to move forward, and and we don't. We're kind of like we're like that that car that's just you know come out of the hill, but then got stuck in the next one. Yeah, it's you know I do think it's it's a massive game, and I think you know for anyone looking at the um, at the league, you know the Europe Europa League, they'll just be you know wetting themselves to watch this game between us and Napoli. It's just such mm. a big important game, and you, you know you hope it's a good spectacle as well. Then obviously yeah. we hope we can get over the line, and you know like you say, I think we've all said if if they do this, then it, it's going to be all right, and we're going to show some form, and we'll we'll sort things out, and we'll have some injuries coming back. And we've said that several times already. But you do feel like this is that game where if you can go away, you know, to Italy, get the right result, yeah. you know, come and come back, uh, and then you think, can we kickstart from that? Hopefully, we can. But we, we've said it too many times. 
Yeah, and it, to be honest, with you, this sums it up um, from the match on on Saturday. And, and I've quoted this because I just think it was it was unbelievable. I think it was Martin Tyler who was commentating for Sky. He said sometimes getting a corner against Leicester is as good as getting a goal, and the words hadn't even left his mouth. And because you know they just got a corner at Villa, the words hadn't finished leaving his mouth, and the ball was in the back of the net. You know. Right. Uh, Dan, Dan thinks that, you know, we should join him in the below expectations <laughs> bit. Um, David says, I just hope we don't look back at this period and say, wow, if we'd beaten a Burnley and a Leeds and a Southampton and not lost to Brighton and Aston Villa, we have made top four or Europe. Maybe, maybe this is just the season when we have to slap ourselves and say, reality check, guys, you know, and like you say, let, let's get this season out of the way and, and, uh, and move on, but I have a feeling I know where you might be putting us. But where, where are you going to put us? Oh, it's got to be below. You know, it was. Yeah. You know, we will talk to the end of last season. And Oops, I just I slipped said, it in the wrong one. Then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I, even I said I hoped we could push for a top four. But you know, I think we're now going to see a resurgent Man United. We've seen a resurgent Tottenham. Uh, you know, and then you, you've got Arsenal there and thereabouts, West Ham still performing well, and then you've got the top three, you know, so it, it's just a massive, massive, you know, sort of task now. And I do feel like we could still have a strong season. You know, I think something like eighth would be, or seventh would be fantastic, really, based mm -hmm. on the current form and where we are. And, and then it really is looking for recruitment and, um you know, who we can bring in to improve the squad for next season and, and hit yeah. the ground running. I say good evening to Scott. Welcome evening, Scott. back, Scott. Um, gone off for a brew and come back for the second uh, the second showing. Uh, Dan says, uh, go on then, Chris, slap yourself. Do you know what? From anybody else, Dan, that'd be fine, but I do get worried about you. like slaps too much. You really do. Um, <laughs> hello, Mrs. Riley. How are you? Uh, that's his mum, by the way. <laughs> Um, and then as he does that, uh, I look after <laughs> he says hello, Mrs. Riley. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Um, I look after you look after your mother, do you? He's like running up behind her and making a jump in that B and Q or wherever you were. Um, I don't know what you're doing with that cactus, but it, it made a jump. Uh moving on, uh, Julian Liverpool. Good season for them. Um in the in the top three, the second at the moment uh, after they lost to West Ham, um, they've they've just won four on the trot, knocking you know goals in for fun really you know. But Wolves did well to keep them down to one. Um, mm. it, I, I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see them up there at the end and, and making a challenge. I know. I think you know. I think it's down to those three at the moment, and and Liverpool, like I say, the. They reinvent themselves a little bit, but they've got this for, this formation and the personnel uh, that works. And, you know, they just seem to be able to, you know, reproduce it at that highest level year after year after year. Um, so they're definitely going to be up there. I mean, I've just been watching them against, uh, I don't know they're playing tonight. Oh, I don't know. I'm not Ooh, sure. they've just, they're, they're on in the Champions League and they've, they've just yeah. equalised. Oh, AC Milan. Uh, they've put out oh. quite a few youngsters. They've kept uh, Mane and, and Salah in and uh, Minamino and what have you, but they've got quite a few youngsters in there who are all old in their own and 
you know, it looks like they've got a good future at the club. So, you know, I don't think they're exceeding anything. I think they're probably where you would have expected them to be, but it's just because the bar's so high with them anyway, you just expect them mm. to be up there, you know, top two or three and definitely challenging for him. And, I, you know, with, with the losses that Chelsea have just had and, and, and that Liverpool just had as well, it's just making it a fantastic season. Oh, it, it is, it is. You you and you want to see it, don't you? You want to see sort of a a choice of um, you know winners, not not end up like it, you know. Too well, it's getting a bit like like Scotland, but at least there's a few more teams in it. But I suppose for me, it's I'd expect them to be up there. Would you? Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. Now. Then, um, <laughs> what can I say? Manchester United. Well, do you know, for me, I'd put this as as expected because under Solskjaer, with all due respect to the lad, you know, and I, I never really thought they'd do I thought we'd finish above them, actually. I think, you know, with the changes, the recent results, they've had a bit of resurgence. Um, so the, the way they expected them to be, they're definitely not exceeding. I don't think they're underachieving, but it's just where they are now as a, as a team and a, and a squad and where the club is. And again, uh, lots of turmoil there this season, you know, with the manager and speculation about him leaving, which has just gone on and on and on until they really had no mm. choice, especially after that, you know, results away at Watford uh, and the shenanigans that I thought went on afterwards with the players on the pitch and that thought was all ridiculous. But for me, they're where I thought they would be. I didn't think they'd be challenging. I didn't think they'd be top five, which they, they may now go on and knock on that door. Um, and there's a there's a massive rebuilding job, but that rebuilding job's been really going on since Ferguson left. You know, no one's been able mm. to to do it. And you've had you know you've had Moisey, who's obviously a good coach, and then you've had some big big names in there, and not one person has really got hold of it uh, and, and sorted it out. And it'd be very interesting to see what they do in the window. You know, bearing in mind that it seems like they're waiting for someone at the end of the season. I, I don't know really know how that quite works at the moment. And, and Ragnick <laughs> staying on as a a consultant, although he said he'd like to stay on longer. So it's a really interesting situation though, because, you know, they're a massive, massive club. They've underperformed for years and years and years. And, you know, you, you think now this might be the time where they do turn that round a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's definitely one to watch, but definitely um, where I thought they'd be. So I'm not going to say underachieve because I didn't really think they'd achieve much. Yes. Uh... <laughs> I mean, this Wreck-It Ralph, whatever he's called, that's come in, Ragnarok, he sounds like an extra off Vikings, doesn't he? I mean, I, I think I think he um, I think he wants the job full-time, doesn't he? He said so, yeah. Yeah. You know, and is, is, it, is, it, is he the man? I mean, you know, Man United, I mean, they've got the team, haven't they? they, they, they is it too late for him to turn it around? Is it too far behind? No, I mean, the, the everyone who spoke about him speaks really highly of him. I think two yeah. played for him. Uh, you know, Klopp's been with him or come up against him. They've all got the most, you know, biggest amount of respect that you can have for someone. And he's obviously well regarded. But then the other side of that, I think, I, I can't remember a big club that he's actually gone and taken by the scruff of the neck, you know, where he is now and, and things like that. And I'm not saying the small clubs where he's been, but, he, you know, when we talk yeah. about the bigger clubs in Europe, but... He might be the man, and he seems that he's come in, and it seems like everyone around him at the club, the players and the coaching staff that they've retained, it seems like they've all got a huge amount of respect for him. So that, for me, is a massive plus for the club stepping forward, that they can look at this guy and go, right, he's the leader. 
we're going to do what he says and uh, he's taking us on this journey for the next six months and i think i think if you do see a marked change um you know there's every chance that he might retain it but the other side of that for me was that when solskjaer came in there was such doom and gloom around the club with Mourinho in charge and the way he treated Luke Shaw and spoke about players and the results that all Solskjaer did is come in and lighten the mood and it ended up with results on the pitch and then they gave him the job and, and we all know that how that finished up. So, you know, this guy needs to prove his credentials and we'll we'll certainly see, you know, from now to the end of the season what he's got in the locker. So, yeah, you, you're going for as expected then. Really, as expected for Manchester United. Me, Chris, just in the fact that yeah. I didn't expect him to do much anyway. No. <laughs> No, no. I've got to. Uh, I've got to just play this, especially for um, for Dan because he's giving me some air. Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, see, see what what his mother does to me. Um, <laughs> she had she had the latest maintenance check, uh, Dan. I'm sure she. I'm sure she still shouldn't be paying her for you, but um, Manchester City, top of the yeah, table. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm so surprised, and like I say, I would never ever have any criticism of of Pep Guardiola. I think he's uh, one of the most amazing managers I've ever seen, and you know, everywhere he's been, not just the fact that the teams have been successful, but what I particularly look at is the way that he improves um, individuals. You know, Raheem Sterling wasn't the finished article, even though he was a fantastic player at Liverpool. You know, he's come to Man City and he's a different player. John Stone's another one who I'm a fan of. He's made another rick tonight, unfortunately. But I still think Pep's really, really pushed him on to, you know, a different level. Gundogan, when he first came, rarely played. And you're thinking, why did they buy him? And then the last season, he's like the best midfielder in the Premier League, bar none. Yeah. You know, and that's including, you know, and you can see that the way that he brings people in, the way... He brings, he introduces them to the team quite slowly at times, uh, and and I think he, you know, his coaching's on a different level, and even on that, not just like I say, not just the team, the way he elevates the individuals. So, um, you know, they're not exceeding because we, you know, they are what they are. For me, I, I yeah. just think they're doing what I expect them to do, which was challenge for the league, you know, and I think they're going to do that year in year out while whilst yeah. having got Pep in charge and you know the squad they've got, and a lot talked about. You know the the game tonight they lost against Leipzig. Is that again? It comes up. Do they need a striker? You know they've not got that focal point, and are they missing that focal point? They've managed ever so well without one, but it, I still feel like they do need one. But you know, doing amazing. You know, the the, the roll teams over effortlessly. Um, the game against Man United was a stroll, even though it was only two 0 But it was an absolute yeah. walk in the park for them. So uh, yeah, doing it doing amazing. But it's, I expected amazing. Grealish, a billion pounds. Surely, I mean, if he's spending a billion pounds on a player, surely he should be the first name on the team sheet every game. And it makes you wonder whether Pep didn't actually want him. Well, this is the first time, Chris, and I'm glad it's happened that I'm going to disagree with you wholeheartedly. Um, oh, go on then. <laughs> I do hang on, hang on one second. If, if this is going to happen, I'm going to, I'm going to. No, um, no, 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 no. I'm not going to mute you. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you full stage. There we go. Oh no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm under the spotlight now. I feel a bit of pressure. <laughs> now, I, I think, I think with this, you know, with the Grealish, I do think he's as good as Pep thinks. I think Pep spoke about him the other week and just said that. He's actually doing everything I want him to do, but I want him to be a bit more selfish. It feels like he's coming to the team 
And because he's in a team of superstars and he's got this amazing manager and what they've achieved in the last, you know, five years or so, that he's a bit, he's, he's playing slightly differently because he feels like he might be a bit overawed and he's waiting for that to come out of him. And I think, you know, one day he will be on the sheet, you know, every week. And it was the same with Mares. Mm. Mares goes there with the reputation he had. And he's, and again, Sterling Stones, all of them, he, he introduces them at his own pace. And I don't see, you know, the issue with him not starting him, even though he paid all that money. I think he realises what an asset is going to be going forward. And he just needs to make him the right player to fit into what they want to do. But he can see that he can do that. But it's just not going to happen instantly. Uh, having said that, for all the players that he has brought in, I think Grealish has probably had more game time in his early stage of his Man City career than than many of the others, which probably says a lot about how Pep thinks about him. We will agree to disagree on that <laughs> point. There, <laughs> it, it's only it's only eleven shows in, and what have you? So, you know, it's, it's taken a while for us to uh, to to disagree. Uh, I think we might be agreeing on the next couple of clubs, though. Um, yeah. Having gone from the heights of Liverpool and Man City to the lows of Newcastle and Norwich, Let, let's go Newcastle first of all. Um, they could be the richest club, not in a top tier. Yeah, I mean, you know, right now I would say that they're exactly where I expected them to be, but that yeah. was that was under Steve Bruce, and you could never see that um, altering under his his tenure. You know, he, he not. Not a manager for me, although, you know, at my local club, Sheffield Wednesday, you know, the, the fans were gutted when he left because he was really sort of turning it around and and maybe that's his level. But I, I don't, I think, you know, he's, he's taking this club on because it was hometown club and I, I think it's been a real fraught trip for him to, from start to finish. It's, you know, no one's really warm to him. They were gutted that they lost Rafa Benitez. He was, you know, a legend in their eyes. They've brought in the, you know, what they consider the understudy and he's been treated mm. like that, you know, since day one. I don't think there's been much respect from the fans and it's probably the fact that it could put up with Mike Ashley that kept him in the job so long. So, you know, I, I, I expected them to be around about the relegation zone uh, this season. And this is one of the ones I was going to mention in that Eddie Howe comes in, absolutely think he's a great young manager. Really, really do. You can't deny what he did at Bournemouth. The, the problem that he's got and the win, I think, at the weekend was massive is that every weekend the pressure can mount up if you don't get that win because however good you are and however much money you've got to spend and what players you can bring in, if you don't get those points and then that gap sort of stays the same or even becomes wider, it, it just can become that thing that it becomes unachievable to get out of it because the fear that you take into every game as a manager and as players that you don't want to concede, it, it alters everything how you play because you're yeah. conscious that you don't want to concede and you can be a bit frightened in how you play and not play your own game. So they're in a really precarious position. And, and the other side of it is they've got all this money. And I'm sure if they go and throw money at players and wages, they can attract them. But the other side of it is our top players in Europe wanting to come to play for a club, despite they knowing, you know, the wealth of the club now, but, you know, in the relegation zone in the Premier League and what happens yeah. if they did go down that, you know, a top, top player is going to look at Newcastle and think, but what if they get relegated? You know, and, and then what do I do then if I'm, you know, leaving wherever I am now and I might be in a good position? So it's a, it's a real, real tough one, I think, for at the moment. And yeah. I'd like to see him come out of it. And so I think for me, they'll probably do better than survive. But I think survival would be massive for him then to get to the summer and to another transfer window and then really stamp his authority with who he brings in, the personnel, the shape, the way that they play. Uh, yeah. And that would be amazing for them. 
I really think they've they've got to work hard to get out yeah. of where they are now. But I fully expect them to. But it it's not a foregone conclusion by any stretch of the imagination. I think. Um, and good evening to Nippon. Thanks for popping in. Um, uh, how the devil are you? Um, I guess with with um, uh, with Eddie Howe is. I don't know because I think Newcastle, are, 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 the owners are pretty pragmatic. You know, they know that they're not going to come, come to January and buy a load of players in and then be sort of second or third in the league at the end of the season. Um, but I think you know you, you've you've got Eddie coming in. He obviously wasn't first choice. I'm sure you know that he he doesn't cry too much every month when he gets his wage packet. But he's not, you know. And I just think. Is he? Is he? Does he go in knowing he's probably just keeping the seat warm for somebody in a couple of seasons when they've when they're more established? Oof. I mean, I think you know, I, I do rate him. Uh, I think he's got a chance of doing well. He's definitely got get the tools to see if he can do well. And I suppose it it depends on the success because I've I've said this many many times for the last twenty years is that the people who make the biggest decisions at a football club really don't understand the game of football and that you know that is a bit of an indictment right through the uh you know they want to sack a manager and bring another manager in but he's just got a name or a reputation because i think of all the top managers in europe at the moment they've all failed somewhere so there's no reason to say they're not going to come and fail at your club you know you can bring Mourinho into new i think i heard something the other day about benitez out and before the arsenal game and Mourinho in you know, Mourinho's had a shocking time at two Premier League clubs, despite his previous record. And for me, I don't think I'd want him to come to Leicester right now. I don't think no, he's no, no. So, you know, with, with Eddie out, I think I said a few weeks ago on the show that they, they maybe wanted a bigger personality like Conte to come in and really grip them and, and, and drive them on like you can see him on the touchline. And that's not yeah. that's definitely not Eddie's style. But I think if he can get his message over and working with, and no disrespect to, you know, the Bournemouth squad he had, probably a better calibre of squad with the potential of bringing in better players that he wants to in this window. I think you could really see, you know, them, uh, you know, get themselves out of this position and and probably climb the table. And then, you know, the pressure then becomes an in a bit like the Frank Lampard situation, coming in to manage a team of youngsters, but then given the money to spend. And all of a sudden it's gone from well done, Frank, to come on, Frank, what's happening here? And Eddie could yeah. find himself in that position where he gets them out of, you know, out of the doo-doo this season, get some cash to spend. It doesn't come off and it'd be a very, very, well, it'd be like a mirror uh, situation to mm. Lampard was in. But I think he's got the ability to do it, but he's never had the opportunity to do it. So it'll be no. interesting to watch what the results turn out to and be. And he's a lovely guy. And, you know, after what he did at Bournemouth, bringing them from the, you know, literally... You know, minus seventeen points in the in the bottom tier up to the yeah. Premier League. He's obviously got something about him. Definitely. But on the season so far, I mean, has it been awful? Has it has it been that bad? Or yeah, yeah do you know what? I think I think I need to stick someone in awful. So it might as well be yeah. Newcastle because, however, you know, yeah. bad I thought it was going to be with Bruce. You know, it has been yeah. a lot worse than I thought. So yeah, I'll, st- I'll stick Newcastle in awful. Although I expect it to turn around quickly. I, I didn't think he would be that bad I, 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 for all of them. I really didn't. I think we probably need a quick break before we have Norwich and two awful ones together. And you might remember this, Julian. I would if I pressed play, wouldn't it? That would help. <laughs> Leicester City FC. 
on this day in history with Leicester to Lie TV. 1995, 7th of December. Uh, Mark McGee was unveiled as Wolverhampton Wanderers' new manager after, walk, after walking out of Leicester City just over 12 months after Brian Little quit the job. Leicester fans were furious and accused McGee of betrayal. His response was to say, I think everyone at Leicester knows what type of person I am. The response was empathic, but unprintable. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I've hated the guy ever since. Brian Little walked out, and I got that because Villa was his club. You know, it's like when O'Neill went to Celtic. I understood that. McGee, I remember him saying Wolves are a bigger club, and O'Neill came in, and the rest is history. You know, and um, did did you ever? I mean, that was just before you joined Leicester, wasn't it? I don't suppose you really knew much about McGee. No, I don't. But I know. I mean, Scotty Taylor. I think he played for him at. Uh, I don't know if he played for him at Reading, and he spoke yeah. really highly of him. He was a big fan of his, um, and I was actually open when I was at Bristol City that he was going to come as manager, but I got. Tony Pulis instead, and I left shortly yeah. after. Um, but no, Scotty spoke very highly of him. He liked to play football. Uh, he said he was a great bloke, great manager. And I just, I suppose at the time, he thought that Wolves was the better option, the bigger club. And, mm. you know, I'm not sure on his thoughts. You know, when I came to Leicester, I'm not, no disrespect. I didn't think it was like a massive club, but it was certainly mm. a, a, a great step forward for myself. So it was a no brainer yeah. to sign. But I wonder if he looked at, Wolves and the money at the time there yeah. and what he thought, you know, that he could bring into the club that, you know, he felt justified in that decision. And, you know, like I say, it was for us, it was, you know, well, for Leicester as the club, it yeah. was great. Martin came in and after a bad start, turned it around. And, you know, like you say, the rest is history. And it, it's, it was a, a big springboard at the time for the club. I know they've had, uh, you know, bad times after that with Peter Taylor, but, you know, it feels like, I felt for me, not just because I was there at the time, but what we did and all that, but it felt like a real big turning point for the club when it had been a bit topsy-turvy. Yep. We went yep. up, stayed up, and there was a bit of stability. Unfortunately, like I say, in the Taylor years, not, not so difficult, but it's like the club had moved moved up a gear, if you like, yeah. and you know it, yeah. it wasn't going to drop back down to where it had been before. So, yeah. uh, you know, credit to Martin. I mean, the funny thing is, and this kind of sums... I mean, he, he was... He did have us playing very nice football, uh, and which was obviously the reason we went to Reading uh, and poached him from Reading. But it's quite funny how we go to Reading and poach their manager. Mm. Wolves come to us and poach ours, and it's two different reactions. Oh, it's all right for us to go and poach him, but nobody comes and yeah. poaches him off us, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's, that's just football, you know. Sometimes you yeah. get a player that served you well, and he goes and wants to go and play somewhere else. And at the end of the day, mm. for the player, it, it is a job, and... I think there is a lot of loyalty in football and, and there's a lot of disloyal players as well. But sometimes it, you know, we, we often talk about if a tradesman got offered a better job at another company and was offered a lot more money, a bigger company, would he go in? Yeah, yeah he would, would without blinking. And why is that, you know, different for players? Yeah. But fan, yeah. fans are a lot more emotive than that. And they have that loyalty to the, to the club and they, they expect the players to have that as well. And it, it, it yeah. is a difficult thing at times. So, um yeah, you know, like I say, with with Martin, strange one. He just felt that the other option was better. Uh, like, but you know, it worked out well for Leicester City yeah. in the end. A few weeks ago, we did a show, and one of the topics on there was basically quite short and simple: Norwich City. Why? <laughs> and um, 
they, they, they suddenly, I mean, you know, it's it odds law. You know, they'd obviously made the decision to 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 sack Farker before the match uh, when he went when he went on to to, to win it um, with with the win over over Brentford. Uh, then, of course, they they quickly appointed Dean Smith, which was great. I, th I think that was a good move for them, a good manager for them, and they beat Southampton. But overall. I mean, there's there's three teams at the bottom there, all on ten points. I think the thing with Norwich is though, you look at their goal difference. They've only scored eight goals all season, and then conceded thirty-one. Um, they just they, they might as well just pack up the bags and get ready for going down, mightn't they? Well, I, I think you probably not know this, Chris, but I think Dealey is obviously a very big fan of yours. You must obviously watch the show and watched our breakdown of where we think Norwich are and then obviously decided to take uh, action on the back on the back of a couple of experts like you and me, you know, talking about <laughs> her beloved club. Uh, so, because it, it did, funnily enough, happen shortly afterwards. But, um, yes. you know, it's, it's interesting what, you know, Dean Smith can bring to them because he brought mm. something to Villa to get them out of that league. And yeah. he's, he's now an experienced Premier League manager. And, you know, first thing you'll know, obviously, like you've just mentioned, the goal's conceded. It's not acceptable. You can't expect to concede that many and be successful, uh, especially when you're finding it very difficult to do it at the other end. So his first thing for me will be working on, you know, defensive shape, formation, how they're going to play and be more difficult to beat and, you know, not conceding so many goals. And I think he's a defender himself. He's more than capable of instilling that. And again, you know, it's going to be so interesting. Like I say, they're on 10 points with the other three, but they look like they might pull a few results off and they're not going to go and beat the bigger teams. But as we've said, there's a big mishmash in the middle of the league that's not really doing anything consistently. And are they going to go and nick a few more points than we expect them to and, and pull themselves out of it, which they have got every chance of doing? I mean, so far this season, I... I, I... I was tempted to say awful, but then nobody expected. I don't think there's one person out there that did not have, well, certainly not that I spoke to or did shows with or, or went on other shows, that had Norwich anything other than in the bottom three. No, I mean, I, I just thought bottom of the league, you know, and after mm. after quite some time, they were like, had two points. And I think that's when we did the show and just said, you know, what's the point in Norwich? You know, wouldn't it be better yeah. that another club came through the championship other than Norwich who really wanted to come in, roll the sleeves up and give it a good go? Because it feels like they're quite passive and not, you know, happy to go down, but quite accepting in relegation, thinking yeah. they're going to have another good season in the championship. And why does a team that dominates the championship come up and not perform as well as other, you know, promotion candidates yeah. can do in the Premier League? So, you know, but they've changed it round now. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't put them in awful because there's, no. there's just been that recent turnaround. Uh, Would you have that as expected? Because yeah, it's where I, we I thought they'd so. be. Yeah, it's because you know, I thought they'd be bottom of the league, and you know, they actually look like they might yeah. be able to knock a few points together. So, uh, yeah, you know, like I say, I for Dean Smith, it'd be a great story if he could keep him up. Absolutely yeah. fantastic story. You know, I think Ashley Dunbar uh, within a week is in another job. You know, other people have obviously you know, respected what he's mm. done, which is fantastic. So that that would be a fantastic, you know, story for, for the for this season. I, I think it would be up there with um the, the, the Leicester's great escape if he does that with Norwich. And I uh, think so. And I think like, yeah. you know, for me I, I'd be looking at making him manager of the year because he, he's gone into an absolute, you know, excuse my language, shit show. And it yeah. looks like I mean it's only early days, so there's no need to get carried away. But 
he looks yeah. like he's he's got them at it and they've scored a couple of goals and you know they've got a couple of points under him um you know gray let's see what they can do but I think it's still a massive ask yeah I mean he's got literally they've played 15 but in the four games that he has you know managed them they've got um they've got five points so they've got half yeah. their points in, in three games and of course yeah. Craig Shakespeare's there well as well which will always hold a special place in my heart for him yeah. but yeah like you say if he keeps them up I think he should he could be manager of the year but we always yeah. know, we know it will go to whoever sort of is at yeah. the at the <laughs> other end yeah. of the table you know yeah. Um, yeah. The Saints go marching on, but it's like they're marching in mud. Um, 16th at the moment, um, two wins off the bottom three, uh, 21 goals conceded. I, I, I expected them to be a little bit better than this. Yeah, I did. And, and I think these are another club that are in a strange place. I mean, um, you know, the manager's got a really good reputation in football. He's very well uh, thought of. Uh, even despite the couple of nine nil defeats he's suffered, but yeah. you know, I think this is probably below their expectations when he's been there for the time that he's been there, and then all of a sudden, you know, we know he's not got the fantastic resources, but he's actually not got a, a, you know such a bad squad, and he's been working with that for a few years, and I, th I think you would expect it, and I think these are one of the ones that have really got to look over the shoulders, you know, we, we've spoke yeah. about earlier in the show about the managerial changes, Newcastle definitely for me will improve. Leeds will nick a result here and there. Everton have just climbed away with that win. Who knows what Norwich can do? Uh, Watford, you know, Christ, they can go and get battered one week and then go and do the do the unexpected the week later. And yes. I think Southampton, for me, are in a bit of a precarious position. And, and, <laughs> you know, it's so easy uh, as as a manager of a club or, 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 or as a club. To to have two nine nils, but both times after those nine nils, he's pulled it together. He's turned it round. I mean, a result can absolutely devastate your season. I mean, I go back to Leicester City playing Wickham under Peter um, <coughs> Taylor. Sorry, it always sticks in my throat that. Um, you know, when it was the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, Wickham were the you know the the, the lowest team that was left in the draw. Uh, and we all said, yeah, a home, a home draw against Wickham would be the best you know, thing that could happen. That's what we got. They beat us. We, had a, we won another game that season. And obviously the following season, we just went downhill and and out the league. So the fact that he's kept it together after the, those two 9-0s, I think is credit to him. Yeah, I mean, you know, 9-0, God, it, it, it's in, in that league, you know, I mean, it, a 5 nils are horrific wherever you are in the league. Five nils horrific. If you're the bottom of the league, you still don't want that and still don't expect it. So to endure that result twice and then to come out of the other side, uh, he's obviously a mentally very strong guy and very sure in what he's doing despite, you know, these kind of results. So, um, yeah, you know, like I say, I think he's got a good reputation. He's had his good spells, but he's in a, he's in a funny sort of position at the moment where, um, you know... It, I think he needs to be looking over his shoulder. It's um, he needs to get a couple more results quickly before he's out of out of the danger area, and it could yeah. really go quite horribly wrong for him. Yeah, so, uh, are we say? And um, for me, it's below. I don't know what you. Yeah, say. definitely, definitely. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I thought that he kicked on a bit, and and they haven't yeah. done. Uh, and like I say, uh, I, I do fear for them. 
Fred Red, um, just going to say thank you so much, sir. Uh, five uh, five dollar donation. Thank you. It all helps towards uh, keeping the channel running. Uh, and he says Aston Villa under Gerard are making up for Dean Smith's failures, mediocrity. They went from sixteenth to tenth in just one month. And he says he loves the content, which is always great to know. And like I say, your support is absolutely uh, much appreciated. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. If I was talking to Steve Linux now, he'd, he'd, he'd have Tottenham in awful because he's, he's admitted <laughs> he, he, he does the prediction show with us. And whoever Tottenham and Arsenal are playing, he hates them so much. He even went for Arsenal, Norwich to beat one of them the other week. Uh, what he'll do when they play each other, I don't know. <laughs> he'll, uh, but, um, but, I mean, they're just like shooting themselves in the foot, don't they? I mean, they've kind of turned it round. They've won three on a trot. They've got um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Conte in, who I think is an absolutely brilliant uh, a choice for them. Uh, and he's played it. He's played... Spurs like a fiddle because yeah. you know, turn them down at the start. Nuno, I, I did think wasn't a good choice, and he was the 10th choice, uh, to be honest with you. But he knows he's on a payday if he goes in and he gets he gets sacked. And, um, you know, along comes Conte. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll come now, but I want this, I want this, I want this. I mean, he, you know, he's just he's just got control of the ship, hasn't he? Well, he, he was, he's, he's like, uh, and it would be the same everywhere, he's just a breath of fresh air, his enthusiasm. His energy on the side of the pitch is, you know, we've, we've seen it all before and probably the right person to bring in. But then, you know, when you're looking at Tottenham and you've got Daniel Levy, again, making the decisions who I would say I might be completely wrong, but, you know, mm. does he really know the world of, you know, the game of football uh, that well? Probably not. He's a very astute businessman. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like, you know, like you say, his original choice uh, in Nuno for the manager, you know, we sort of look at that and think, blimey, that's a bit odd. Um, but you know, he's, he's got rid of me, you know, not done his own work and not got the backup or got someone lined up. And you know, yeah. they've ended up and then it seemed like a bit of desperation to try and get Pochettino back, you know, and who, who, who you've sacked. So, um, yeah, the, the, it is a funny one with those at the moment. The new stadium, everything it just smacks of a big club, but I don't think they are a big club, if I'm honest. I think they're a big no. club off the pitch, but they're not, not a big club, uh on it at the moment mm -hmm. and hopefully you know for them as a club that Conte you know turns that round because he, yeah. he's quite capable of doing it again we talk about this January transfer window and what what he can potentially do in that and the players that he'd like to bring in and see the improvement from that but for me I think I think they're underachieving from where you know I thought they would be uh, and where they should be if I'm honest well you see now I um thank you Terry have a great Christmas too the I kind of don't know if I agree with. I'm, I, you know, you you got them as under uh, uh, well below expectation. So, you know, you you, you have the final say. You, you know, you you are the one with the you are the one with the knowledge, sir. Um, I just think, I mean, clubs do this all the time. They like you said before, they sack managers without having a plan. And and if you run in the business, you don't do that. You know. You go in, you know, you go to you go to your member of staff and you say, right, you know, if you don't pull your socks up, if you don't do this, and you have a few warnings, but in that time, you must have your eye on well, if we do sack him, if he doesn't pull his socks up, this is who we're going to get in. And like you say, maybe I think that's probably what Leicester did with with Rogers and Prell, as you as you said earlier. And I think mm -hmm. Nuno was a case of shit, I've gone through nine managers, all said no to me. 
oh, this guy's got experience in the Premier League. He's got Wolves yeah. into Europe. He'll do. He'll do for us. And I think it was one of them. Um, and I think, you see, for me, it would be. I've got to be honest with you. For me, it would be above expectations. But I think that's purely Conte coming in and turning yeah. it round. Yeah, I mean, I think for me with Nuno when he came in, I think that would have been one of the factors in the in the Harry Kane saga. And I don't think mm. players should have this right. The fact that they earn as much money as they do seems to give them this right. But it was, I think Harry Kane would have looked at him and thought, you know, this club's not going in the right direction. I, I need to go somewhere else. I think that would have been a massive part to play. I think if Potocino would have come back or, you know, obviously Pep's not going to go there or a Klopp or someone of that ilk, you know, that yeah. Harry Kane situation might not have even come about. And I think that was a big thing where he's come in and probably not got the respect to the players. You know, he's not done enough. He's not a big voice. He's quietly got on at his job and done, done ever, ever so well at Wolves. But Wolves is a different kettle of fish to one of the big boys like, you know, or big clubs like Tottenham or, or any one of the top three or four. So, um, yeah, I think it was very underwhelming as a, as a choice. Um, and, and that's sort of why I'd, I'd put them there, but uh, it'd be interesting to see you know the next six months. It is, and you know, we we like I say we're going now. Watford are next, um, and I think we all we all sort of said they, they would have a different manager by, by the end of the season. We didn't expect it to be quite as early as it was. Claudio, for me, I mean. They, they, they didn't do a, a West Brom. I mean, Watford were well where they, they were. They were where we are at the moment, eleventh, and that was when they sacked the manager. So Claudio wasn't taking over a club fighting relegation at that at that point. They are now, and I was surprised when I looked at the table the other week for a show that they're actually in seventeenth place. Now they are in a relegation battle, only three points above the, the bottom three. I don't think Claudio is the man for a relegation battle, uh, as as proved at Fulham. Um, I just don't know. Some, you know, it's like you, you know, you know, if you get Warnock in, that he's probably going to try and keep you up. Big Sam will probably try and keep you, up, but I, I can't see Claudio doing it. Yes, they've had a couple of good results. They've had, you know, they 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 beat Man United four one, but then hey, even we managed to do that. <laughs> they beat Everton. 5-2, although, you know, a few goals at the end to make it look better than it probably was. But three losses and I... But they're where I expected them to be. Yeah, I mean, I think the club's a bit of a shambles with the way, you know, decisions are made in the board and, you know, the manager's coming in and out. That That is one that's ridiculous. It's one in, one out. And why is he better than the one that you've just replaced? There doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. Mm. Um, you know, and I think at the moment... You know, and I said this when Ranieri took over. Has he does he has he done his homework in what he's inherited squad wise? Because mm. you're going to have to cope with the squad that you've got till the January window, and what resources are you going to get to spend once you get to the January window? So, I'm not sure what he's going to be allowed to bring in or spend, uh, and if he can't improve it, because it's another a, a bit like Palace, but not as good a squad as Palace. They've got some players in there who on the day can be absolutely frightening, can make the difference between winning and losing, but they're not performing week in, week out. And that's why they're at Watford. Yeah. You know, Saar, yeah. you know, if, if he was that good, which he is on his day, but if he was producing that week in, week out, he wouldn't be at Watford. He'd be at Man City or a, or a Tottenham or, or wherever else. So he's inherited some decent players who can turn it on and off. And you see that in the results. They go and get battered. Then they go and beat someone unexpected. Then they get battered again. It, yes. it's, it's like, 
they, they walk in the ring and swing as hard as they can and they might knock someone out or they'll get knocked out themselves. And it's, I think it's going to be like that to the end of the season. And it will basically be how many times do they knock the other team out and get, get a win. I can't yes. see him scoring many. I can see him conceding loads. I can see him scoring loads. Uh, and and I, I wouldn't want to predict uh, where they are, but I think as a club of, as a whole, they're awful, but probably as a team, probably where I expected. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you on that. So, as expected. Um, I'm quite enjoying it because this is a different way to doing it, to just the, mm. are they good, bad, or, 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 or ugly? I think I think it's it's nice to do it this way. Um, West Ham doing a Leicester. Yeah, you know, I think I think for me as a footballer, you, you're sort of pleased for David Moyes. He, he was yeah. well thought of at Everton, went to Man United. I mean, like probably the worst thing he ever did, trying to follow Alex Ferguson. Did he think that he was going to go in there, inherit the team, and it was just going to keep performing and he would just keep tinkering with it and, you know, all would be good. And it, it just went totally the other way and it has done ever since. And it, it, like I say, it's been a bit of a chalice, that uh, mm. manager's job. But he's obviously got something about him. You know, he went to West Ham before, didn't do too bad, then left, then then has come back. So they obviously see something in him. And, you know, it's a bit sometimes where I think managers just fall on the right squad. And, and what he's got now, he's got some wonderful players. I don't think he's got much past the 13 or 14 players, but he's got a wonderful 11 that uh, yeah. fit into how he wants to play. You know, Antonio's coming into his, you know, into his prime. Suchel, um, you know, scoring goals and, and performing for them quite a lot of other players experienced players uh and you know it, it's it, they look difficult to beat and they look like they're going to give teams a game they, they don't do it every week but they're doing it most weeks and obviously you know the results against liverpool was like absolutely fantastic and yeah you know i don't think any team goes to west ham thinking you know this is three points they know it's going to be a tough game and they know what they, they're, they're going to face and it it's going to be uh you know, an onslaught. Uh, they're quite physical, but they play good football as well. They always seem to score goals. So uh, I think, I don't know if I'd say overachieved. They probably have, but they sort of overachieved mm. last season. They've just continued on that. But I, I actually thought they'd dip off. So they're probably doing better than I expected that they would do, if I'm honest. I, I, I would agree with that totally. And I mean, you know, the... <laughs> they didn't want him, uh, Moyes, at, at West Ham. No, they and, didn't, no. You know, no. no. And and especially when when it was a case of him coming back, and oh my god, we don't want him back, even though he kept you up uh, last season. And 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 it's great. I love you know. I, I have nothing against West Ham as a club, but I think it's great that you know we're not doing it. So I'm glad to see there's another club up there in the mix with you know with these so-called big clubs. And I thought last season might be a one-season wonder because the season before that, of course, they had been. Um, fighting relegation but you know that the, he, he has you know, he's done it again and and he's doing well and, and i say I, I wasn't where it was not where i expected them to be so you know well well done to uh david moyes and he's taken some sticks since he left everton is that you know he struggled at man united but i think even man united fans would give the credit that he probably didn't have the given the time that he should have and you know how how the hell do you follow so Alex Ferguson? You know, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, um, it's like with Newcastle, you want to be the manager that follows the manager. So yeah, yeah I'd I'd agree with you totally there. Um, yeah. I think now a, Wolves. Oops, sorry, well, I was going to say there's a couple of interesting points that I find. Uh, you know, with West Ham on the successes, I feel they're in mm -hmm. a bit of a similar situation to where 
to where we are. And the, the first thing I would say is, like you say, when he first went back and the fans didn't want him, you know, as fans, are we always right? No, we're not. And that's a perfect example that they didn't want him back. But I think really now he's probably in an instant, uh, an interesting situation as we were last season where we've not kicked on. And I think his signings yeah. in the January and the summer transfer window and the next six months will be really interesting because if he doesn't introduce a bit more or, you know, or freshen the squad up a bit, it could he could easily slip into what we've slipped into this season. They're a very similar team to the resources of what they spend what they've got in the squad, you know, the size of the squads and what they've got outside that 11. Uh, and it'd be, it'd be an interesting one to watch. And I certainly hope he, he kicks on and does well, but I think he needs to, you know, the recruitment in the next six months will be uh, very interesting for West Ham. Wolves, a bit of a, a strange one, this. Yeah, I, I really like the manager. I really like him a lot. You know, he's, mm. again, uh, not... Um, you know, someone who you thought, oh yeah, get in. The, you know, as a Wolves fan, did you think, oh brilliant, we've got him in and great, and probably probably as underwhelming as Nuno going to Tottenham. But I quite yeah. like the way he's going about things. Um, you know, they, they seem to have had a bit of resurgence in, in form of eighth, and they're not doing too badly. So, you know, another one. You know, for them, for me, mid mid table is going to be great for them. And uh, and what can they build on that? Can they be another Leicester? Can they be a, a West Ham where you know strength to strength? Uh, with a little bit of investment here in there, you know, can they grow it in this league? And I think they potentially could do that, but, you know, they'll probably find it difficult. But like I say, potential there. And I really do like the manager. Uh, I, I I thought when they got rid of Nuno that they would struggle. I have to be honest with you. Um, yes, I did. I did. Yeah. Yes, because uh, I thought he was just he was he seemed to be the perfect fit for them. Uh, yeah. In as much as you know, he got them into Europe, he got them top half finishes, but something went on behind the scenes allegedly. Uh, but he's got them sat there in eighth. Uh, so I had them down, let's say, for a relegation battle. Mm. So for for me, they're actually doing better than expected. But what what would you say for that one? Well, no, they're definitely exceeding for me. I, like I say, I, yeah. I, I would have thought at best mid table, and I would have thought. They might be top of the bottom half of the table, if you know what I mean. So, yes, uh, yes. you know, where they are now, it, it's and, they, and they've really gone quietly about the business. They don't seem to make a lot of headlines. You know, you don't you don't mm. often see the results. And then you look at the table and think, oh, they're actually doing all right at the moment. Then You don't, yeah. you don't really <laughs> notice them, actually. They're sort of under the radar of everybody, but quietly going on, uh, you know, uh, yeah. about the business. So, um, you know, it, it is a big club, though. We probably don't see it as a big club in the Premier League as it is now with all the other big clubs in there. But... You know, we know we know it's a big club. Obviously, McGee thought that, and uh, yeah, yes. I, I think I think they're doing really, really well. And uh, I say again, another interesting one in, you know, who do they bring in? They're, they're another West Ham, they're another Leicester. Great eleven. What what is beyond that eleven? And that's where teams struggle with, you know, injuries that yeah. we had to deal with last season that we did do. Uh, yes. But you know, other clubs won't always deal with it as well as we did. So we've looking at that then. We, we we've done it, and it'd be interesting to come back at the end of the season, it maybe, was. and do it Absolutely. again. Absolutely, yeah, and compare it. But we've got Brentford, Brighton, Palace, West Ham, and Wolves exceeding. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, Man City, Norwich, and Watford, as expected. And that doesn't mean that they've had a good season before no, people no, no. go. Why is Norwich up there? But Norwich are where we expected them to yeah. be. You know. Yeah. Uh, Villa, Burnley, Everton, Leeds, ourselves, Leicester, Southampton and Spurs, probably below what we expected. And sorry, Newcastle, 
you, you, it's, just, <laughs> it, it's just awful. It is. It is really just awful. But I'm just um, just quickly before I let you go. Uh, the results from tonight's uh, Champions League. So we're looking at the teams that are going to be coming down and possibly playing us in the Europa League. Yeah. Um, let me just. There we go. Um, the, the ladies can have a better view of you now, there, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> um, group A: Man City and Paris Saint Germain are through. So Leipzig, it looks like me, are down to the Europa. Very uh, good team. Yeah, I mean, I, I presume. So I'm guessing here that the third team drops down and the fourth team's out altogether. Yeah. Uh, Club Bruges, who we had in our group that uh, that time, that they, they were fourth. But no, Leipzig are going to be dropping down. Yeah. In Group B, Liverpool, six out of six. Atletico sneaking through at the end. Uh, Porto are going to be joining us. So of course, we've played in the Champions League yeah, before yeah, yeah. as well. Uh, Milan, bottom of that group. AC Milan. I mean, you yeah. know, that's that was a surprise. And C, Ajax and Sporting uh, Lisbon are through. Um, Dortmund. Right. Uh <laughs> Bless them, that's on goal difference. So they 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 must be sick. Uh sporting have gone through same number of points. Uh, just they've got uh, a two difference to compared to a minus one. Um and then Real Madrid in group D along with Inter Milan, no surprises there. Sheriff, I've who have no idea, no idea who they are or what they are. Um all, all we know is that um that somebody shot them once, <laughs> and I don't, I don't think I don't think Eric Clapton's ever been brought to justice for that. So, so we've got Sheriff uh, Dortmund, uh, Porto, uh, Leipzig, all joining us in the Europa League. Just in case we don't do the work on Thursday, we finish second, and we have to go into the playoff. But uh, a quick thing, a quick last question before I let you go: Where are Leicester, well, how are Leicester going to do on Thursday? God, blimey, Let, let's toss a coin and, and um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, hope I, I hope the tales never <laughs> fails. Um, yeah. get the capable of it, it is, uh, it's going to be fascinating. I'll definitely be uh, glued to the screen and you know, just hope they yeah. can do it. And it's how they, I suppose, it's how they manage the game. You know, if we don't get beat, we're okay, but it's a difficult thing yeah. to go to a team like that and, and just think, do you know what, we need we need to draw this game and. You know, I, th I think we need to go there with a good plan to to, to win it. If I'm honest yeah, with you, but, definitely. Uh, sitting back is not the uh, not the way to go about it. So we can do it, but we all know the form this season has been a bit in and out. Team selection, uh, formation, all going to be really, really interesting. And uh, you know, we'll just see what it comes up with. And fingers crossed, we get through. Yeah. They they are beatable. You know, they have yeah, been beaten absolutely. this season, but absolutely. but then. Everybody has, and it's great going into the final game. And there are so many permutations. We tried to work it out on the show later, and I got a headache. It was just impossible <laughs> to work it out. Julian, just want to say thank you so much for everything this season so far. And uh, have a great break. Enjoy the party tomorrow. Well do. Remember to, to keep off the um keep off the photocopier. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I don't know see... what you mean, Chris. No, no, I bet you don't. I don't <laughs> want to see any cheeky pictures. Uh, but enjoy it. Come home in one piece. Have a great yeah. Christmas to you and all your you family. Too. Yeah, you and, too. Uh, and we'll, we'll we'll catch up again uh, in the new year, if that's okay with you. Yeah, fantastic, mate. Have a good one. 
and you as well. Don't do anything I wouldn't enjoy. <laughs> oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> All the best. Thanks for it, Julian. Bye -bye. Take care. Bye bye. Oh, thanks to Julian there. It's great. I love I love these shows. Um, it's just great to to see. You know, I have my thoughts as a fan, and they're not always good thoughts. They're not always clever thoughts. They're not always correct thoughts. Um, but it's always nice to have an ex professional's look. Um, uh, David, yeah, enjoyed for uh, for uh, Julian there. Um, oh, it's a busy month and it's a busy week, and we've got this coming up tomorrow. Nine o'clock tomorrow, another ex-pro, uh, Steve Linux, Stephen Linux down the wing, joining us nine o'clock tomorrow for the prediction show, a small matter of Newcastle. I know it's not till the end of the week, but we've got a big match on Thursday that's going to be taking the back end of the week up. Um, just a little match against Napoli. So tomorrow night, join us for the predictions. Join in. Let us know if you agree or not. I've just got ahead of Steve. I'm a point ahead of Steve again. But yeah, I'm about six behind Brad. So uh, we don't we don't mention that bit. Thank you so much to everybody that's joined in. Um, David, thank you very much. It's a great hour plus. Good to hear from a professional, and it's so appreciated. He makes himself so accessible every week. Totally, totally agree. Totally agree with that. Uh, it it does give another. You know, we don't we don't often agree, disagree. Uh, we did with with, with Spurs, but. Yeah, it's great, and, and he does give his time up, so it is always appreciated. Scott, thank you so much for joining. Terry, uh, I think you've gone now. Fred Red 50 thank you, and thank you so much for the donation as well. Much appreciated. Turf Morehouse, Dan, thank you. Hope you're well, and uh, you, you've stuffed yourself with chocolate. Thanks for your donation as well. Nippon, you popped in there, nipped in and nipped out. And uh, it, it's great. I've, I've enjoyed these shows. I'm going to miss them over Christmas, but we will be back in January with them. It's only fair that we give them a bit of time off. Uh, <laughs> let him have time with his with his wife and kids, eh? But uh, thanks, everybody, for joining in. Couldn't do it. Well, it wouldn't be worth doing it without you. We'd still probably do it. Still sit here and nap a football all the time. <laughs> we will see you tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Stay safe. Thanks very much for everything. Good night now. <laughs>
Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.